it, but I feel all kind of fluttery because I feel really excited. Um, I really have a lot of expectation. On the way here, I was saying, okay, Lord, so if not now, when? If not us, who? You know? So I just think we can have a lot of expectation that God is going to meet with us tonight. And I really believe he's going to heal. There's power in this place. When he's present, there's power to heal. You know, the, the Bible says, as you go, preach the gospel, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. I feel like I've freely received a lot of stuff. And I just want to freely give anything I have that I could give to you tonight. So what I want to do is give my testimony of healing. Um, it was so funny going through this. My goodness, I could go on for hours because it was such a process in my life of what God did. But what I'm going to try to do is just condense it down to its most potent place to just give you all an idea of what God did in my life. And I believe that when we release a testimony like that, that same power is released back into the room. So that's one thing. I, reason I love testimony is because when you testify of something God's done, that power gets released into the room. So um, I'm going to do the best I can tonight. So I want to tell you enough, but I'm more excited about what happens after. Like I'm leaving plenty of time because we're going to pray for the sick tonight, okay? If you're sick, if you're sick in your body, if you have emotional pain, spiritual heartache, anything, all of that, I believe God wants to touch you tonight. So that's my goal tonight. So we're going to go through this, and I'm going to try to be quick. And then afterwards, I really hope to build an expectation in your heart that God's going to heal. Um, if you wonder if God still heals today, I'm here to say yes, he does. Because he healed me. There's no one in this world that could tell me that he doesn't because he healed me. I grew up in a church that didn't believe in that. My mom got healed. We got kicked out. <laughs> But you can't, my parents couldn't deny it. How can you deny when it happens to you? So no one could convince me otherwise. I just want to say I was really healthy growing up, super healthy. I only remember going to the doctor one or two times my whole life until I was an older teenager. Um, I think the most serious thing I ever had was a high fever and maybe some flu symptoms. I was never sick. We were outdoors all the time. We had horses, a strong, just very healthy person. Um, so after my first child was born, Chad, most of y'all know Chad, I had some complications, but I was still pretty healthy. Um, didn't quite feel the same, but I was still pretty healthy. And then after Whitney was born, this is my daughter Whitney, <laughs> this was back in 1984, I just 
didn't seem to regain my strength. And something just wasn't right. Um, like no energy, this long lingering thing. And I'd always been able to bounce back. I'd always been able to just push through whatever it was. And I, I remember thinking, I'm either sick or I'm crazy because something is not right with me. So I finally went to the doctor. I didn't grow up going to the doctor much. And I went and saw an internist. And they found some lab work. And back in those days, people didn't understand chronic fatigue syndrome. But I had some lab work that showed there was an issue, but they, they didn't really have any answers for me. But I almost felt relieved that at least I wasn't crazy. <laughs> you know, it's like, OK, I don't like that something's wrong with me, but at least, because, you know, when people don't see something wrong with you, that doesn't show. And when people don't see that, sometimes they just kind of act like you're just making that up. And, you know, when you have things like fibromyalgia or chronic fatigue, people can be kind of mean about that sometimes because they don't see it. If they saw someone with a broken arm, or a broken leg, or cancer. I mean, you know, there's all the sympathy in the world, but when you have something that doesn't show, I think people forget. I mean, you look normal, so they just forget, I think. So um, I almost felt relieved to have a diagnosis, just because, okay, it, it, it is real. It's not just made up in my head. So this was back in 1984. By 2001, my world was absolutely falling apart. I'd been chronically ill for years, about 15 years. Um, and I finally was diagnosed with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue syndrome, arthritis, severe allergies, migraines, high blood pressure, severe insomnia, constantly recurring respiratory infections. I could not get well was on antibiotics so much. Um, I lived with severe 24-7 pain, like it never stopped. And with fibromyalgia, when you don't sleep, it gets worse. But you can't sleep because you lay down and everything hurts. And it's just like a vicious cycle. It just gets worse and worse. Um, at the time, I'm a nurse, and at the time I was working a job where I was working 60, 65 hours a week. And I look back and I don't really know how I did that, but, but I did. And the thing that made it the worst of all was my husband and I, we had just really long-term severe problems in our marriage. Um, so there was this endless cycle of physical and emotional pain. And it just, it just wears on you. You know, I've loved the Lord my whole life. I've had faith, but it just wears on you. And it's hard to stand up under that. Um, I kind of got to where my emotions were basically dead. I felt like I didn't feel anything anymore. It was tough. Um, even trying to force a smile on my face. I remember one time looking in the mirror and trying to make one. <laughs> and it was like, it just wasn't there. I was great at pretending, because I kind of grew up that way. You don't show what's going on. So I could step into church and smile, and how are you doing? I'm doing great. And nobody really knew how I was feeling.
And I think when you hurt long enough, you become numb on the inside. I think it's a protective mechanism that we have, and it just kind of insulates us from some of that pain that we're feeling. But what it does at the same time is it builds a wall around you, which is not a good thing at all. Um, I'll talk about that more in a little bit. Um, I couldn't remember what joy felt like. I just remember thinking I would see people smile and I would think, I know I used to feel that, but I don't know what it is. I didn't think I'd cry. Like, I'm way over this, y'all. <laughs> like, it, I'm being vulnerable, and I'm just sharing my heart because I feel like there's more people out there that are going through this. So this is not an issue in my life right now, but I want you to know that it doesn't matter where you are, that God can reach down and touch you right where you are. I prayed constantly and I just didn't feel any relief, and I was desperate. On September 21st, 2001, Jehovah Sneaky, as I like to call him, set me up to receive that first prophetic word. It just, it became like a beacon of hope in that darkness. I wrote down every word I never even expected to get it. It was supposed to be for Chad. <laughs> he started with me first. And it was like 22 minutes. It took me a long time to write it down. But I listened to that or read it over and over and over. And even though my situation was the same, it started to just give me this... I started to have faith. Like I started to think, he's really going to do something for me. And I, I like to describe it, I was, just, I was surrounded by this terrible storm, the worst storm you can imagine, but he threw me a lifeline, you know? And that was my thing, that's what I held on to. And the thing about that word, parts of it, it was so full of love and hope. And I think I'd forgotten what love felt like. And... I could hardly even listen to parts of it. I didn't even realize that at first they were quoting out of Proverbs in one part of it. And I could hardly listen to it because it was so intimate in his love, like he was speaking it right to me. And it's like I could hardly even listen because I just, I guess I felt like I didn't deserve it. I don't know. But I think when you feel unloved long enough, you feel unlovable. But I just kept listening to it. One thing they said was that as God healed my heart, he would heal my body. Now, I didn't understand that at the time, but that's exactly what happened in my life. Um, but the thing that hit me the most was just knowing that God knew what was going on and that he loved me. It just gave me strength to keep going, to keep putting one foot in front of the other. So the next month, I went to a conference at River Road. Kathy Walters was there. It's crazy that she was there. She's from England. She travels all over the world. 
And I was in really bad shape. Um, no emotions. I just felt dead on the inside. Like I couldn't even, I didn't even hurt anymore on the inside. I just didn't feel anything. But God knows just what to do. That night, he touched me right where I needed it the most. During worship, I, I felt him like gathering me up in his arms. I just, like I felt it. And he just held me like I was the most precious thing in the world. And he called me his precious angel. And I just cried and cried and cried. Because it just, it's like it broke something loose. It broke that thing loose inside of me that just was so balled off that nothing could reach me. And I wrote in my journal that night and I said, um... Thank you, Father, for this revelation of love. I truly believe that events have been set in motion that will change me forever. I believe I will never have to live in the deep despair and pain that I've been living in again. I believe I will be whole, spirit, soul, and body. Oh, he did that for me. He did. And it's amazing that just that one act of him holding me and telling me, you're my precious angel, did that, started the whole thing. When I look back, the only thing changing at the time was my relationship with the Lord. My situation was the same. It was still desperate. I was still in 24-7 pain, but my outlook started to change. There's just nothing that compares to knowing God loves us. Changes everything. It really doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't matter how we've been treated. It doesn't matter how we feel about ourselves. God is madly in love with us right here, right now. We don't have to earn it. We don't have to clean up our lives. We don't have to fix something. He is madly in love with us right now. And we don't deserve it. None of us do. But he gives it to us anyway. So I think God sent these conferences in just for me. Um, There was a conference that came in like right after that. And the guy's name is Todd Bentley. And he prayed eyes and wings over us for the seer anointing. And he talked about how it should be normal for us to encounter God. And it's like it turned a switch inside of me, and I realized that should be normal. And I went for it. Like, it was like I got permission that night. And I went for it. And it was amazing because God just started showing up. Like, he started giving me visions and encounters. Um, It was really pretty amazing. I lost my place. Most of the early things he did for me, it was all about his love. All of it. It's because that's what I needed. Like, I had to get a grasp on the fact that he loved me and that I meant something to be. That that was the first step. So I want to tell you, if you don't like yourself, if you don't, feel good about yourself, God wants to change that. 
Because we, I think you said that on Sunday. Like if we don't love ourselves, it shuts us down from receiving things from God. So for me, that was the most important thing he could do. So it really started to change me on the inside. But unfortunately, my physical body and my marriage continued getting worse. I had started working in the neonatal intensive care unit right before that prophetic word. And I look back and I don't know how I did it. 12-hour shifts, depending on how bad your babies were, you might not sit down all day. Um, I would just pray the whole way to work every morning and I'd say, okay, God, you said in my weakness you're made strong. And there were, I don't know how many times I'd say, you got a lot of room to be strong today because <laughs> I got nothing. And I loved my babies, and I was good at it. I was good at it. But it took such a toll on my body, because I did that all in pain. And I never rested, so I was always so tired. Um, I remember the worst day I had. It was 10 in the morning, and my shift lasted. We worked 12-hour shifts, and I wouldn't be finished until about 6 or 6.30. And I started making five-minute goals. And I thought, I'm going to go five more minutes before I tell her I have to go home. And I made it. And somehow, every day, I made it. Um, he was just so faithful to me. In the middle of that, I got another disease to add on to that, and it was Addison's disease. That's when your body quits producing cortisol, your adrenals shut down. And I'd lived tired and for 15 years, but all of a sudden it got to where I felt like someone just pulled my plug. And I felt like, I don't think I can walk across the floor. And uh, I sent myself to the specialist because I thought, this is something different. And they did the testing, and sure enough, I wasn't producing cortisol anymore. Well, Addison's disease is a life-threatening thing. You take steroids twice a day. You have to stress dose if you're sick. Um, your body can't make a stress response. So it's a big deal. Um, at one point, I was taking 10 prescriptions a day. I had a big handful in the morning and a big handful at night. My prognosis was really bad. Every time I had two specialists, a rheumatologist and an endocrinologist, and every time I went, they'd say, well, we have you stable for now, and we'll just keep increasing your meds. My meds came in big bags. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So my life was such a paradox. On one hand, Jesus met with me all the time. The one thing I loved about working at the hospital was I worked three on and I had four off. And he would just meet with me. I have notebooks full of encounters where he met with me. And it was crazy because on the one hand I was so sick I could barely make it. And on the other hand he was blowing me away with his presence. So I want to just read you the list of all the things. And these are just the big things. Chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, Addison's disease, osteoarthritis, migraines, high blood pressure, bursitis, 
so bad I could barely walk and had to walk all day. Severe tendonitis in this elbow, really bad. Plantar fasciitis, which usually requires surgery. Severe allergies to the point where I just got those infections constantly. If somebody wiped something down with a, like Clorox or something, I had to run. Because if I breathed that in, I'd get sick. Um, acid reflux. I used to watch that commercial where the guy would sit up in bed and blow fire out and laugh. It's not funny. <laughs> I had no idea what that could be like. Severe insomnia. Um, and that's something I'm still praying for. God told me all, and that's something I'm still battling for. I haven't been able to sleep without medication for 20 years. And even with medication, a lot of times barely get any. And then anxiety. At the time, just being so sick, my home life, knowing I had to work because I didn't know if I was going to be married. <laughs> I thought I have to have a job. So I, I started getting this fear and anxiety thing going. Um, and then one time I had this experience and Jesus showed me my healing. Like I wonder sometimes, how did I hold on so long? He showed it to me. I watched it. I watched this light going through my body, every bit of my body. And I watched him healing one thing after another. And I decided that day that I believed him. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care how bad I felt. I didn't care how long it took. I decided I believed him. He started healing the smallest things first. And I forgot about the prophetic word. I forgot about the part where it said, I'm going to heal your heart and I'm going to heal your body and not to worry. I'm going to heal them both. But that's exactly what he did. He started healing the small stuff. And it was as my heart started to get healed, then my body started to get healed. And I think that's one thing, one reason why it's so important. If you have emotional issues, if you have pain like that, like we can't just bury that stuff because it'll make you sick. I was so thankful every time he healed something, but I would think, but what about the big stuff? Because it was like I can hardly function. He healed migraines. I think he picked that one first just because like, you can't hardly function with that. My worst, my worst stretch was 13 days. So, And my body doesn't react to pain medication. I can take it and it doesn't do anything for me. So I really didn't have any relief. Um... Looking back, I've thought about it a lot. Why did God do it the way he did with me? Why did he take this long process? And I really believe I understand why. If, if he had just healed me, I don't think I would have ever had the courage to let him dig as deep as he wanted to dig into my heart. Because he wanted to heal me all the way down. And it's hard to let them in there sometimes. Like, we don't want to disturb that stuff. We like to just leave it buried and covered up. And we'll just leave it alone. But because I was so desperate, I would just say, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, you just do whatever you have to do. And so I can look back and say, I'm thankful that he didn't heal me all at once. Because 
I wouldn't have dealt with those things, and I wouldn't be where I am today. So don't be afraid of letting him in. Everything he does, he does for your good. He loves us. He loved me enough to put me... You know, it is painful when things get uncovered sometimes, but the result is it goes away. (laughs) It's not staying with you. So even though something may feel bad for a time, his ultimate goal is that you're healed and free. So we can trust him with that. There were lots of times I wanted to quit. I mean, there were days I just thought, I'm done, I can't go one more day. But I couldn't stand the thought of the devil winning. (laughs) I couldn't stand it. I fought it for so long. And he can't beat us, y'all. He can't win. The only way he wins is if we quit. If we don't quit, we win. That's my favorite thing to say. And so it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter if you have any strength or not. If you just keep going, he cannot beat you. And that drove me because I couldn't stand the thought of battling all those years and letting him win. I just couldn't take it. And one day, and this really was a turning point for me, I saw myself holding a sword, and it was like I was so weak it was down on the ground, and my hands were holding it, and I couldn't even pick it up. And I just felt the enemy there, and he was just like, just lay it down. Just give up. I felt like Job, just give up and die. And I just said, and I said it out loud, I said, you're going to have to pry my cold, dead fingers off the hilt of this sword because I will not lay it down. (laughs) And something changed that day. Like, sometimes you just have to say things out loud. It releases something into the atmosphere. And it did. Something changed that day. God had shown me for years he was going to use me in healing. And so when we started having healing rooms, I couldn't wait. I missed out on the first round because I was working and I couldn't come to the training. But the second semester, I started working in there. And I'll never forget the first day. I have this terrible tendonitis. I have a TENS unit on with like five cords hanging down in this box. And the whole way here, I just felt the devil just like snarling at me saying, you're not really going to go in the healing room and pray for people with that, are you? Like, you think they're going to think you can do anything for them? (laughs) And I just said out loud, yes, I am. (laughs) And I worked in there for a long time sick. And I had times when, you know, we stand up. I could hardly stand up to pray for the people because I was hurting so bad. But there's just something in me that said, I'm not going to quit. God promises to me, and I'm not going to let the enemy steal what he has for me. Um, God did heal that. I went to physical therapy three times, and they just said, we can't help you. You've got to have surgery. But God healed it. Um, the bursitis thing was the same way. It's like, we just can't help you, and God healed it. 
the plantar fasciitis was the same way. <laughs> it's like I've talked to people now, especially nurses are on their feet so much, a lot of people have had that. And they all say they had surgery, and God healed mine. So he was just so faithful, y'all. You know, if you, if you looked at my life, most people would probably think, God, poor person. She's, I didn't feel like a poor person. He was blowing me away with his presence. I was learning so much. And he was depositing things on the inside of me that I'll be forever grateful for. Yeah, I was going through some physical stuff that was pretty terrible, but he was so faithful to me. Somehow I always made it. Somehow I always made it. Um, I really, I, I wish I could just give you a timeline, but um, I'm just going to go in the year I got healed. So that was in 2008. And I want to tell you a, an experience I had with him in it shows me, when I read it, it was so funny going back over all these things and kind of putting it together a little more. Um, in my book, when it comes out, I, I give all three experiences where Jesus actually took me to his chambers. And this was the last one. And I'm just going to read it to you. This was in January 9th of 2008. I look at myself and I appear to be sleeping. Jesus lays me tenderly on a beautiful bed covered in white linen. I see that I have many terrible wounds, like terrible wounds all over. Jesus gently and very tenderly begins to anoint each one with oil and place white linen bandages over them. I'm in a very deep sleep. This is that third person we talked about. I'm watching this happen to me with a look of absolute rest on my face. Tears fall from Jesus' eyes into the wounds as he works. I'm reminded of the night in my kitchen when God offered me a choice of a window. I told him I would pay the price for them all, and he looked sad. Now I understand why. The price has been very high, and my world has been turned upside down since that time. I've struggled and been in pain physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually to an extent I didn't know was possible, but here I stand. Jesus has been faithful, and he brought me through to safety. I now see that the bed is covered with a purple spread. The white linen I'm lying on is merely on top of the true covering. Ministering angels surround me until the room is full. First they bring out instruments and play a beautiful melody. I can't see it with my eyes, but something is changing inside me. After a few minutes, the angels begin to sing. There are no words, just beautiful sounds. There's nothing like that. Jesus has finished binding my wounds, and he stands beside me, holding both of my hands in his. Something in, is changing in me as I lie here. I suddenly realize where I am. This is Jesus' chambers. I did not unlock any door. He brought me here himself. I'm lying on his bed as the healing begins. I slowly open my eyes, and I see Jesus as he holds my hands 
The angels applaud. I don't understand why they're applauding, but my attention remains fully on Jesus. He smiles and kisses me tenderly. Once again, Jesus gathers me in his arms and holds me close. He whispers into my ear, Your dark night of the soul is complete. There's a lot more to this story, but I just want to get to the amazing part at the end where he held the big stuff. Um, I'd been watching the Lakeland Revival online almost every night. I don't know if any of y'all even heard of it. Um, It had a bad ending, but it didn't change the fact of what God did during the revival. It was amazing. It was Todd Bentley and... Carol and I started watching it. We even ended up going down there for a few days. Didn't go down there to get healed. I just We wanted to be part of it. It was so amazing to see what God did in that place. It was amazing. So we were watching it almost every night at home. And I'd come home from work and be so tired, and they would go really late. But it was like, it was like something in me knew I needed what was being given out, the presence and all of that. On June 11th, 2008, they were talking about breakthrough and praying for breakthrough. I guess I have to tell you about my shofar real fast. Carol and I took some crazy trips. I was sick the whole time. And God would just put it on our hearts to go somewhere. We didn't have money. (laughs) It just worked out. Like We would just say yes, and we would be able to go. Well, we went to Israel, and it was the 60th anniversary of Israel being a nation. And they had this amazing thing at night in King David's garden, and there's two sides of the wall. And it was like, you know, there would be like a little dip like this. And so there was fire down in each dip, and they sent these young people up on the wall, and they all had tallies on, and they all had a shofar. And right as the sun went down, they all blew. Well, we, you know, these are everywhere in Israel. They're in buckets. They're everywhere. But, and I had one at the time. But we came out of our room and saw this box and all this flurry of activity. And we found out that these were the ones that blew on the wall. And it just felt so significant. Like, I I told Carol, we're, we're getting... We're getting one. I got me one. I got her one. And uh, this one, it's funny. It's not very pretty, and it's small. But this girl picked it up, and she blew it. She actually knew how to blow it. And God said, that's breakthrough, and it's yours. (laughs) So there's this mass of people. Most people didn't know how to blow them, so they were listening when other people blew them. And you know how it is when you say you want something. They were like, oh, no, I want that. Well, she had two, and I knew I had to have it, he told me. And so, this isn't in my notes, I just have to tell you. (laughs) And so, um, I finally just said, if you don't want that, would you please not put it back down? Would you just hand it to me? Because I'd really like to have it. And she gave it to me. So we bought it, and it has a really unique... It it can play like a normal shofar, but it has this intense blasting sound. And God said, that's the sound of breakthrough. 
And so every time I was praying about something, I would intercede a lot. I use this a lot when I pray, and I would just feel led to blow it. And just there's something about that sound going into the atmosphere. So on June 11, 2008, they were talking about breakthrough and praying for breakthrough. So I ran and got it, and I blew it a couple times, and I set it down right next to me on the computer or by the computer. And they were saying some more, and I thought, I'm going to blow it again. And I picked it up, and it was like wet right here. Well, I lived by myself, and I'd cleaned that morning, and I knew there was nothing wet. And I turned it around, and it's full of oil. Like full, like full. And it's like, what do you do when something supernatural is happening? <laughs> I stuck my hand in, and it's just running down my arm, and I'm thinking, what's happening? Oh, my gosh, this is God, you know. And I didn't know what it was for, y'all. I needed breakthrough in several areas. I didn't know if it was for healing. I wanted it to be, but I didn't know. And so, like, I don't know. I think the first thing I did was I put it all over it. <laughs> and then I called Carol. <laughs> it was like 10 o'clock at night. And she, man, she was there fast. It's almost like she got transported. <laughs> I was like, she was at the door. <laughs> and we're sitting there, and we're both tired. But it's like we're just sitting there, and every time you put your hand in there, there's just all this oil, and we're just laughing. And she got grabbed our checkbooks first thing. <laughs> in fact, she still has that checkbook. <laughs> we're waiting for that manifestation. So anyway, we sat there like little kids, y'all. It was just the presence of the Lord. And I cannot tell you the smell, the aroma. It was straight from heaven. There is no explanation for this. And this, it's funny because it's not sealed. When you blow it and it gets wet down in here, it's, a, it's like a bone. It would stink. And I did everything they told you to do. And couldn't get rid of that smell. Well, for a year, it smelled like that oil. And now I can't smell it anymore, but it's never smelled bad again. <laughs> it just So anyway, it was late. I had to get up at 4 and go back to work. I was still really sick. And so I had two more days of work to go. And so I put it on the table just like this. And I got up in the morning. And it was full again, like as full as it could be and not be coming out. And I was late because I was really tired. And so I just remember I reached in, I anointed myself, prayed over myself. And I thought, I'm going to pour that oil into a container when I get home. And I got home and there was ne it was never pooled like that again. And I think there is a reason for that. You know, what do people do? Oh, it's that oil. If you could just get your hands on that oil, God would heal you. It wasn't that. I, I don't think God repeats himself very often. And that would have been wrong, and it would have probably been like idolatry, you know? You, we can't look to something, and, and I think that's why. But every morning for 16 days, right down the middle of it, there would be fresh oil. So every morning I got up, anointed myself, and prayed. And I was like, Lord, I don't, I really would love for this to be for healing, but whatever it is, I just receive it. 
Well, on day 14, and, and I'm going to ask y'all, please don't do this. <laughs> um, day 14, the medicine I was taking, if I just stopped taking it, I would have gone into adrenal crisis and could have died. Like, I saw a kid in my office almost die from that. Um, so I would have never picked to do that, to stop my medicine that way. My mom, bless her heart, <laughs> she would get it in her head, oh, I'm just going to throw all my meds in the toilet. That doesn't ever turn out well. But God told me to. I had my medicine in my hand, and he said, you don't need that anymore. And I said, okay. Now I'm a nurse, and I know exactly what that meant. But he told me, and my gosh, I've had 14 days of supernatural oil showing up in my shofar. You know, it wasn't hard to have faith. <laughs> so I did. I, I stopped him. Um, I assumed, and I shouldn't have assumed just because he's healed everything else by stages. I assumed it meant everything. I didn't have my insomnia meds in my hand because it was morning. So I quit that too. I didn't sleep for like six days. <laughs> and I finally realized, okay. Okay, Lord, sorry. But I'm still believing for that. So um, I have recorded in my journal up to 16 days. And I, I had it in my head that we went, Carol and I went to Houston to a conference. And I knew I couldn't take it with me. And when I got back, there wasn't any more oil again. I was so sad I couldn't take it with me. But as I was looking, I'm not quite sure because there's some days in there. And I don't know if it, it's so strange all how something could be so supernatural and we get used to it. I don't know if I just didn't write it at the top again. I'm not sure. I thought I knew, but it was at least 16 days that I had oil every single day. And I left a message on Pastor Darrell's phone. At, it was like 10.30 at night, but I didn't care. We were just excited. <laughs> I didn't know what was happening. I just wanted to share it with somebody. Um, let's see. So I love what Pastor Daryl shared on Sunday. He said, we must be healed to open up the wellspring of our lives. I totally agree with that. It's a wall that keeps who you are trapped inside. And that's where I was before. Like, it, it was just covered up. And I can't tell you how many prophetic words I had from people at different conferences that didn't know me. And they would say, I just see rivers of living water coming up and flowing out to people all around you. And I believed it, but I couldn't imagine how it was going to happen because like, there was just nothing there. But what he did when he healed me, and when you said that, I just had this mental picture of him just hitting it and it just breaking and disintegrating. And so our emotions need to be healed. We do. If we have spiritual issues because we're angry at God for something, if we want that freedom, if we want that, that wellspring of life coming up from us, if we want joy, 
We have to let God heal that. And he will. He'll heal it. I didn't have it in me to do anything myself. He did it all. His healing breaks the barrier that holds back what God created us to do. If I'd stayed in that condition, I would never have done anything. I just didn't have it in me. And I was amazed to find out what I did have in me. I didn't know I would ever do anything like this. And so it's not always pleasant or comfortable. It can be painful. But God's faithful. And if we'll just take our hands away. Sometimes I would just do that. I would just take my hands away and say, Okay, God, whatever it takes, you just do it. I'm going to let you. And he won't, he won't press himself on you. You have to give him permission. And so that's what I did. So I just feel like, I feel like there are people here with physical issues, but I feel like just as importantly, there's people here that have wounds on the inside. It's your heart. Things have happened. And God wants to heal you just as much as he wants to heal the person with physical issues because he wants us to be free and he wants us to be able to go for what he has for us in our lives. And I think about my life now and I just I just laugh sometimes. I, I never thought I would see another happy day in my life. And it's just amazing what God has done. And if he can heal me, y'all, he can heal anybody. I mean, I don't know that you could be any further down than I was. So I just shared all that because I hope it gives you some faith to know that God can do so much more than you think he can. And I just want to pray for y'all. Um, I think I've decided we're just going to put on some music. And I think I just want everybody who wants any kind of touch from God, doesn't matter if it's physical, if it's emotional, whatever it is. And just, I, I just want y'all to come up and spread across the top. And we're just going to pray for you. I'm not going to put anybody on the spot. I'm not going to ask anybody what's wrong. Just feel free to come up here. And I truly believe God's going to do something tonight. So if y'all start the music.